Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we are building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton from Lift and Love, and I will show you how to lean into your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter of Jenny Hunter Coaching. I will help you identify obstacles that could get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships and realizing the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons we've learned through our own lives, the experiences of families we've worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Hello, our Lift and Love community. We are back with you today, Allison and I, and we are so excited. We always love recording these podcasts. They we want, you know, they are from our heart. <laughs> Anything we're talking to you about has been weighing heavy on our heart and we work on it for weeks and weeks. And this one in particular that we're going to talk about today, and we're going to get into in just a minute, but I think this has taken us six months, Allison. <laughs> it feels like it. And Jenny got yeah. me up at the crack of dawn. I did. I'm like, we, the we animals to get this done because <laughs> we ran out of time. Right. So Allison might have a little morning voice because it is very early. <laughs> you right now. Yes. We're almost morning. Yes. <laughs> we had exciting house here in the hunters. Like um, my daughter, Sarah Jane opened up her, she's at BYU. So we did it all via Facebook live, but she opened her mission call going to Rome, Italy. And now her twin is going, she, her twin already opened her call and she's going to Las Vegas, Nevada. So my twins will be out in January and March to on their mission. So super excited for them. And Whoa. both of them are at BYU or BYU I. So it was busy this week for sure. And then we have some really exciting things coming up and loved. Um, one we're not going to tell you about, we're just going to tease where you have a really big announcement that we is we some changes happening in like December. It is, it is. We are so excited about we um there's so much going on behind the scenes with it that we're not gonna we're gonna just tease you, but in December we have a big announcement and our live event, our, our first live and love live event. It's, it's the first time I think ever that we that mothers of LGBTQ children have gotten an opportunity to be together for two days oh, just not wait. On them it's going to be february 28th and march 1st pretty full days both of those yep and in yeah. in what city in provo in linden it's not it next to provo next oh, that's right in the shadow <laughs> in Utah. The, exactly in the shadow of the great Timpanogos in this yes. little event center um, and we are taking limited moms. Like um, we are making it this a very cozy. So why by the time you hear this podcast, it is live. It's live. Uh, so go to liftandlove.org and look at the live event button on the homepage and have a look at it. But it shows you what's paid for in the event and what you'll receive. But I just, I think the most important thing is you're going to be with a lot of other women who have been going through the same changes that you have and you are going to find friendship and love and camaraderie and lifelong support. And um, we just, we can't wait. We, uh, we can't wait to do it. If you've, you're know as well, better, we are both kind of party girls. And so Mm -hmm. we have a, like, it's going to be fun. And our whole purpose for this event coming together as women, um, as moms is to leave with so much better friendships and community in this because we know how isolating it can be as an LGBTQ moms, and we are um, creating things to end that isolation. So we're so excited. So but we're going to focus 
topics on what we're here today. And we're talking about number four of the Declaration of Divinity. Yes, and we are. This one's exciting. Go ahead. Focus on birthright here. And I'm just going to read it really quick. I'm going to lead with it because these are the words that um, that began kind of our quest for sort of these statements. We take away our child's divinity and replace it with shame when we tell them the way they were born is not part of God's plan. As mothers, we assert that any message taught to our children should reassure them that they are beloved children of God and so entitled to all the blessings promised to his faithful children. When you heard this, I'm, I'm sure you felt like we did. Like, wow, like it hurts that this is truth, that we yeah. have given our LGBTQ children say, um, shame instead of divinity. Um, we, I mean, we talked to hundreds of moms and this is the common denominator of what we have to um, kind of heal in our children of the shame and the trauma that they've received from the messages unintentionally. It's not, I know that it's never been intentional anybody to take away anybody's divinity, but just kind of the platitudes and the things we've said part of our community, this has produced shame if you are LGBTQ member. Right. And we've, we, Jenny and I have just been talking about these words and it's interesting because I was looking through a journal from last year and I try and keep, I keep, I'm not great at writing journals, but I keep like statements and like inspiration and personal revelation in my journal. And uh, part of that first line, the taking away the divinity was in there. And um, Jenny and I have talked about this over the years with my brother's, um, death and the experiences, the sacred experiences around being in his house and being part of that. One of the real understandings I had was that he felt divorced from his heavenly parents when he left the church because he was gay. And um, it was something he left when he was 24 and he died at 58. And it was something that he could never heal. Yeah. And it was actually one of the first real understandings that I had. And I'm sort of ashamed I didn't understand it before. Mm. He um, that he it's felt the Holy so, Spirit after. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so angry yeah. uh, at the church and um, that it was hard to look at it in like a healthy, objective way. And um, anyway, I just, this has been in my head for a long time. And I think as Jenny and I have, have raised these children, we can see it. This yeah. disconnection from their divinity and this disconnection from, from Jesus Christ and from God that we don't, nobody intends it to happen, but because, um, because of some of the words around how we talk about LGBTQ people, it, it does happen. It does. And we know how, when you really look at who you are and how you were created with the feeling of shame, like, I mean, how many times have we heard like, well, if I kill myself, then I won't feel this way anymore. And we know of the suicides and we know, I mean, this is a serious problem. And, you know, I know part of my son, I mean, he had some drug use and it was from this feeling of shame. And it's really hard as parents because then you have like, have I added to that shame? And, you know, like you have to, it's really um, kind of devastating to go through it because you hold all of us 
none of us should feel shameful for, for who we are. We're hundred percent worth. And, um, it, you know, it's easier for us, but once when our children are affected and our siblings, that's a heartache. That's really, it takes a while for you personally to heal from too. And, you know, I think it's so interesting because Preston, you know, he didn't start that way. Like he served a mission, right? Like, I mean, Oh, so faithful. And, and, and maybe one day we'll, I'll be brave enough to do, uh, we'll do a podcast on suicide, but, um, when we were cleaning out his house, there were such symbols. There were symbols from um, our gospel. Even a painting he had done of the temple in his home. They were um, not out like ours would be. Yeah. But you know, there was actually a, a photograph of uh, the sacred grove in his home, and those symbols were so important to him, even even in his anger and. I think we, as mothers, have just seen this. And, you know, I had um, a mom ask me this week, or actually a friend, uh, another LGBTQ mom said that she had um, a young man say to her, how do I do this if God hates me? Oh, Oh, And, and the church hates me. And I mean that I know that was never anyone's intent. It's interesting how impactful Elder Hall, um, Elder Ballard's talk at BYU was when he said to those of you who are LGBTQ, I want you to know that there is a place for you in God's kingdom. Like that is, if, if you're on the Instagram accounts for LGBTQ people, that is so often wow. um, repeated. And I know that you'll be saying, well, we maybe we don't take away anyone's divinity, but I think that they, we, we might not do that, but that is the feeling right. that our, our members and our, our families feel even. Right. And, and we know this to be true because of how many we talk to, right. And, you know, even when a child is super obedient and, uh, you know, goes on a mission because they think this, the mission will then solve this, what they feel like is shameful about them. And then they come back and, you know, we just stories over and over again about, and they, you know, they can't even listen to the um, apostle speak anymore because that triggers that feeling of unworthiness. And so I think, I think we're, we're getting away from it, but that idea that our families are won't be whole in eternity. So we have this member of the family that won't have an opportunity to be whole yeah. and with us in celestial glory. It puts the whole family in question, right? Right. And it was just bad interpretation. That's not, you know, how Heavenly Father wants us to feel yeah. ever. Yes. And, and my parents never really um, bought into that idea that they wouldn't be a whole family, uh, you know, but that didn't take away my brother's pain. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not just a parent assuring their child that they're a beloved child of God. It's all of us assuring each other that we are beloved children of our heavenly parents. I mean, that takes all of us to cure this all every Sunday school teacher, every seminary teacher, every neighbor, just like, wow, you are a child of God. And there's nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And you are his favorite. And there's nothing that can take you away from that. That that birthright. 
Yeah. You are not, um, you were made not despite his plan. You're a part of his plan. Right. You know, to really feel that deep inside. And, you know, I love, like, we are all the plan of salvation. You know, we hear a lot of like, well, where's my child? He's not on the plan of salvation anymore. And I love where um, in the topical guide, it says the plan of salvation and the premortal existence, Heavenly Father prepared a plan to enable us to become like him and receive a fullness of joy. Because of this plan, we can be perfected through the atonement, receive a fullness of joy and live forever in the presence of God. Our family relationships can last throughout the eternities. And I really subject that we really know, we know less about the plan of salvation than we really like, there's so much more we don't know. Oh, yeah. And be I, so we big, have a very, right? yeah, I think we have a very scarcity, um, very um, focused in view of the plan of salvation that um, Heavenly Father is a much bigger view and that there is like President Ballard said, there's room for all of members in God's kingdom. And so when we say messages that get, when we, we just have to be careful how we are teaching the doctrine, interpreting the doctrine, and that we're not othering people because that is what's happened. And I want to teach the doctrine. I love the doctrine of Jesus Christ. I love our gospel, um, but we have to be more careful with how we interpret it and how our words are being said. One of the things I, uh, as you were talking about the plan of salvation, so I loved um, Tammy Yusalak Hall on the Sunday and Monday podcast Instagram account said one day, she had, it's a devil. And in Greek, it means one who separates. Mm. This is the, what's happening here. We're separating somebody out yeah. of eligibility or um, the circle. I always say we have to redraw or reframe the family so that everybody's back in the family. And we, we know that the Lord sent us each here with equal potential to get back to him. And that was the plan. That was the plan that started in, in Eden, right? We, right. They had, we had to be cast out of an Eden to, or Adam and Eve did to be able to educate ourselves as we fight thorns and thistles and noxious weeds. And that's an education that we are working on all the while to get back to our, you know, to, to come at the end of the day to the fount, to the altar and pray to the Lord and say, what what do we need to know? And we're, we're blind in this, but it was for all children. And um, I, I often say to people, there's, there's no heaven without my brother and my son. Mm, I love that. I mean, that's, that's our belief, right? That we yeah. are sealed together as families yeah. uh, and bound together as families. So I just, I, I revel in the comfort of that. And I, we don't understand. We have no answers. But as mothers, we know the beauty and the divinity of these children. And um, the more mothers we talk to, uh, the more stories of the Lord helping them in the wilderness to understand these children and to strengthen them. And, and this could be, and so I think we're talking about this today because, you know, I love that the church has given us so much authority as parents where, you know, once again, we're a home center church, you know, home focused church supported. Home right? center yeah. church focused, yeah. church supported. Yes. Church supported where, you know, you really have this personal authority as parents to guide your, the message that your children hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love that we have the rule that um, at any time, 
your, you could go with um, any interview with a bishop or stake president and sit there with your child and make sure the messages are with aligned with what you are telling at church and at, you know, I mean, sorry, telling at home because, um, you know, there's, I, there, I love bishops and stake presidents. They work so hard, right? That Like the bishops to me is the hardest job in the whole, con- and with whole very, church. With very little like training. Right. They're thrown into the hardest situations of people's lives and they have to put their life in. I just bishops and bishops wives. I commend you. You're amazing people and you give, give, give. And even that though, I know sometimes bishops misspeak, right? They just, they're just men and and they're doing the best they can. They're learning. And I, and I know this is because of so many moms I talk to and the bishops, there's no ill intent. I, I know that, but there is sometimes things that are said that have done damage. I know that has happened in our home with our son and moms and dads really be prayerful about, you know, the interviews your children are having at church. And, you know, because there is, um, very different interpretations of like the doctrine and how we're viewing our LGBTQ saints. You know that you've felt that. And so use your personal authority and use the tools that our church has given you to protect your child and to be able to um, steer your children in the message of their divinity and that they are whole and not broken. Well, yeah. And as you were saying that, I thought it might be a good idea just to have a conversation with the Bishop beforehand, before any meetings where you could mention to them, I understand, I, I, I don't want to limit what you're saying, but I would, I pray that you will pray about focusing the love of Christ, that light and love of Christ on my child, the entire message. And um, I just think it's okay to advocate for um, uh, valuable messages, though those messages will ring in their ears for the rest of their lives. Well, they will, and because and they the will be ones do that just as much, right? Be, yeah, they will be impossible because the bishop is speaking for for God, right? Yeah, yeah he has those keys. So, and I honor keys, yeah. yeah, in all um, humility, you can ask a bishop to be very prayerful. Yeah, about focusing the love of Christ on the child. And um, you could remind the bishop that that your child knows about the doctrine, the way it, you know, and right. it wouldn't necessarily need a new lesson on the doctrine because they're very well aware of it. And you talk about it quite a bit in your family and in primary and young women's and all of it. But um, that is, that is, um, that's just, there. then you're giving the bishop a, a breath and a moment to really, you he knows what he needs to focus on for this child. And um, you're not telling him what to say. You're just asking him to um, to reframe it in, in beautiful ways that will, that will also exist in this child's head for the rest of their lives. And that can make all the difference. Yeah, I don't think you could go wrong in focusing on the love of Christ. And when you no. said that, I was thinking... Oh, I wish I had always done that with my son because I, Oh my I, gosh, if I could have done that, like, because there have been all of um, our children. Yes. I'm not sure all of my children got a real huge dose of Jesus Christ every single time I talked to them. <laughs> no, no, but I, that's what we're striving for. And there have been moments where, um, unintentionally, I know that I have, said things that Nick took um, 
and brought him shame. And that was painful to realize. But um, I tell you, and I really want to be vulnerable here with you. When I let go of like, like my shame about it, that I did that costume shame and had the conversation with him. Um, that was really a powerful moment in our relationship. And we, I, and all of us, not all of us, but some of us moms say things like no empty chairs and things like that, that we've heard. And, um, and before our child even comes out, we have no idea. Like we do this from the best intentions and it, we are sometimes part of that message and don't, um, wait to sit down and talk and apologize and tell them how your heart, where your heart is and what you've learned and how your heart has changed and how you have new understanding. Um, because that was really a powerful and beautiful moment for Nick and our, and John and I. So, you know, better, you do better. And sometimes you just say things and you don't even know what your child is dealing with. And I know that was part of ours. And then he came out and, and we didn't even, can't even remember some of the things. And then they were brought back to us from him and we're like, wow, that must've been hurtful. Right. And so, um, sometimes we're part of that message of shame. And, um, I know Allison, you probably weren't because you were so trained by Preston and it's just the worst training in your whole life. I was, you know, I did my fair share of I had my share, fair share of fear actually because of my brother's life. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want the same life for, for a child and, and I did my own damage. We all do. And, and, and I didn't even need to, Jake was feeling the pain already. You know what I mean? He was doing it to himself too. I think that is such a um, interesting thing, what you just said, because that is, it almost feels like, and I see this when my LGBTQ clients, where it's not the parents, I'm doing the actual LGBTQ person, where they are constantly looking for, um, do I belong? Am I like they're looking on high alert for evidence? Are they divine or are they broken? And so, like, you're not even so. It's almost like you have to double down with them about there's nothing wrong with you. You are created in God's image. You are divine. You know, you really, these messages, I know like you, we, we hear them a lot, but these children need to hear them double, even more double than your other children, because yeah. they really are high alert of like, is this true? Um, is the things I've heard because they're not just othered in our church, they're othered in our world. Let's be honest. And right. so it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a huge message that, they are internalizing. And so to really combat that, talk about it, say, how are you feeling about yourself? Have you prayed? I love um, when we're interviewing an LGBTQ member on our on our podcast and how they say, what changed the game for me is when I finally prayed to God of how he felt about me. Yep. Right. And so encourage your children to gain their, because his witness, God's witness to them is going to be more powerful than my witness, um, the bishop's witness, um, anybody's witness, like God's witness is what is going to go to their core. And so I would suggest you be praying about that to find out how God loves your child for all your children, but we're talking about our LGBTQ today and, um, and, and really encourage your child to pray about that and to connect. Sometimes they can't pray, say, go for a walk, ask questions, like whatever you want to do in the woods. Yes. But like 
And I love, I, all the time I, I say to son, oh, I know like how much Heavenly Father loves you. Cause I do like, I've got in this vision of how much Heavenly Father loves and values him and how much the savior loves and values him. And so I, that's the message he hears a lot from me. Like, well, he loves you or he's worried about you or like, yeah, I feel that connection with God about how much he loves his child. And that helps me parent um, the way I think God wants me to for Nick. Absolutely. Absolutely. We read it one more time. Okay, let me read it and then we'll leave you with that. We take away an LGBTQ child's divinity and replace it with shame when we tell them the way they were born is not part of God's plan. As mothers, we assert that any message taught to our children should reassure them they are beloved children of God and so entitled to all the blessings promised to his faithful children. That's declaration number four on birthright. And so just ponder these words, pray about these words and find out how as mothers and parents, you could be empowered to um, make the message more aligned with God's doctrine about your child. Yep. And go ahead and share your thoughts on um, Instagram and Facebook where others can see them and we can talk about this and we'd love to know what you think. We're excited to hear about what you think. Right. All right. We love you and love um, you. sign up for live. If you could come with us, because that's, it's like I said, they're going to go fast. So we want you to be with us and have you with us. That's right. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you like what we share, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating. For more tips and resources, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Lift and Love Org and Jenny Hunter Coaching. You can also go to liftandlove.org for loads of information and entry into our free support groups. If you're interested in personal coaching, sign up at jennyhuntercoaching.com. The first appointment is free. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.